0: The latest on Joel Embiid and Matisse Theibel, a Nugget Sixers preview, and Staples Center is renaming its name to what? That's right now on Locked On Sixers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sixers. I am your host, Serena Winters, former Sixers sideline reporter, serving up content to Sixers fans because that is what I love to do. Don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter, at Serena Winters. And we truly appreciate you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. We are free, available on all platforms And I get to be here because we have great sponsors. And this episode of Locked On 76ers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. The 76ers will still be without Joel Embiid and Matisse Theibel as the Sixers take on the Nuggets tonight in Denver. More on that game with our great Nuggets guest today. Later in the show, Adam Mates from Locked On Nuggets. He is fantastic. But look, this news about Joel Embiid, Matisse Theibel not being available should not come as a surprise after Doc Rivers commented on Tuesday when the Athletics' Rich Hoffman asked him for an update. And Doc said, with Matisse, it's trying to get the right date from the league. It's a lot of clutter going on. I'll leave it at that. And with Joelle, same thing, just trying to get better. And you have to have the two negative tests. I will say that the it's a lot of clutter going on definitely raised my eyebrow a bit there. But look, after they lost to the Jazz, Rivers doubled down saying that there is no cavalry coming right now. And we've just got to play with what we have. So today marks 10 days since Joel Embiid tested positive for COVID-19. And Theibel has been in protocols for even longer because he had the contract tracing before he tested positive. So he's been in them since November 5th. And Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer reported that Embiid probably won't join the Sixers on this six-game road trip, but that Theibel will probably join the team on the West Coast. So if that does happen, at least having one of those guys specifically defensively, um, will certainly help. So it's crazy, though, because, I mean, weren't we just talking about the Sixers being first in the Eastern Conference like, I don't know, a week and a half ago? And, of course, they had Joel Embiid then, but now they haven't seen a win in over a week, and they sit at tied for eighth in the Eastern Conference. So after tonight, they've got Portland, Sacramento, and Golden State, and Look, Doc said that there's nobody that is in here worried, that it's a long season, and that he understands where they're at, especially with the injuries they have. And look, I'm with Doc here. As long as they can get Joel Embiid back, I'm not terribly worried about it. But I also imagine that it's going to take Joel a bit to get back to normal form, because let's be honest, he wasn't in normal Joel Embiid form to start this season. I mean, I'll take Joel Embiid at this point in any form that he's willing to give. Any form. I'm just saying that don't be surprised if it does take a while to see the Embiid that you want to see. Look, the Sixers sure could use some help right now. A Simmons trade couldn't come soon enough. At least that's what it feels like. But I'm just not sure we're going to get one so soon. So before we get to our preview of the game with Adam Matis, here's a couple things I'm going to be looking for in tonight's game. Number one, just playing better defense after made shots. Look, I do not expect the Sixers to be an all-defense team without their three all-defense players. But I do expect them to get back after made shots and not let guys be wide open for threes, which we did see in the Utah game. Also, the defense point, transition defense in general. And this is an area the Sixers struggled in even with Joel Embiid. You know, Rivers said his guys have to have that discipline to get back on the release of the shot. For the most part, he doesn't want his guys crashing from the corner. It's interesting because that's a bit of a different philosophy than Brett Brown, right? I mean, we remember talking a lot about, like, Brett Brown having his go guys, his get back guys, and he seemed a little bit more lenient to letting guys crash the boards. And the philosophies there are a bit different, Um, but... Transition defense, overall, it's been a problem. And then, gotta see Seth Curry and Furkun Korkmaz making some shots out there. They shot a combined 3-for-20 last game. And Curry's been 8-for-30 from the field over his last three games. I mean, that's 26.6%. For the Sixers to win games on this road trip without their best guys, these guys are going to have to knock down more shots. They are. And lastly, I just want to feel watching this game like Tobias Harris's impact is always felt when he's on the court. I mean, even if he's not knocking down shots, I need him creating opportunities for others out there and just feeling his presence felt. Those are the things that I am looking for in the Sixers Nuggets and Adam Mars Locked On Nuggets is joining me next. But first, let me tell you about Bet AG. BetOnline.ag is back better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code, Locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. We truly appreciate you for making Locked On Sixers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Joining me now is Adam Maris of the Locked On Nuggets and Locked On NBA podcast, He's going to help me preview tonight's Sixers matchup against Denver, but before we even get to that, Adam, I've got to get something up my chest.
1: Okay, let's hear got
0: it. A little bit of a bone to pick with you.
1: Oh wow! Okay. I
0: yeah, I'm coming in hot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I was listening to the Locked On NBA podcast the other day, which okay. you also happen to post. Our host on Fridays, great right. host. I enjoy it. And you're talking about the Clippers' latest fan promotion, right? <laughs> Basically, if you get to the arena at least 15 minutes before yeah, are dressed in team colors and are sitting in your seats, you have a chance at $10,000. That's wild, by the way. That's a story for another day. It's That's what bothered me. I thought it was great that you brought it up. Very interesting, entertaining. But then you segued into, and that got me to thinking about the top five fan bases. Oh no. In the NBA <laughs> that don't need to be incentivized. OK, right. so I'm on the edge of my seat here, because mm-hmm. you guys are teasing this and you're going through your top fives. Mm-hmm. And let me just repeat Adams list, to list <laughs> of the top five fan bases in the NBA that don't need any incentive. To be at their team's game.
1: All right, let's hear the list.
0: Number one, the Knicks. Hey man, number that's two, right. The Raptors.
1: Okay, and that's also three, right. Number three,
0: the Suns.
1: Yeah, that's number right too. Number four, the Jazz. Yeah. Number
0: five, OKC.
1: Man, OKC fans are good too.
0: Have you seen the Sixers <laughs> fans? Have you uh, they the would the have made my.
1: They would have made my top twenty. They would have oh, easily yeah. been top twenty.
0: Top twenty? <laughs> are you kidding me?
1: you have to understand i give philly very little credit for anything you're coming in hot now i'm coming in hot (laughs) (laughs) i give philly very little fan no i'm just kidding um they're good fans they're good fans they didn't make the list um i i do find it here's a funny thing and i i know we we don't we were just joking beforehand we don't want to go into this but it is always funny when a fan base has a very talented player that the fan base just doesn't like and like we've had this in denver too like we've had like the second best player on a team that was just for some reason falling out of favor. Maybe that's even happening right now with Michael Porter. I don't know. We'll see how this breaks, but it's always funny. So I have to factor this into my equation. The team might, the fans might get there early. They might be wearing team colors, but they might be booing their team. So I have to dock you for those points.
0: You know what, Adam, we're going to let it slide, but I, because I would like to continue on with this preview. However, I just want, want you to know how I felt about it. There you go. And I just need to noted. Do- Okay. Is that noted? Can we get to the preview now? Can we? (laughs) Okay. So Sixers, Nuggets. It's another late tip out here on the East Coast with a 9 p.m. Eastern start. Adam, for listeners that aren't watching every Nuggets game out there, and that's going to be the majority of those listening, how do you sum up the season so far? We're about a month in for the Nuggets.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, they're shorthanded. Jamal Murray, they've been they've been missing Will Barton. They've been missing Michael Porter Jr. So they have played really the back half of the schedule down three starters. Um, they got hot at home. They had a five game home winning streak, five straight games at home, five games. They won. They lost just recently on the second night of a back to back in Dallas. That was their first loss over the last like 10 days or something like that. But they've established a nice rhythm in that they are so reliant and dependent on Nikola Jokic that in some ways in short periods, that can be a good thing is he's such a great player that everybody just kind of trusting and relying on him. They get into this really nice groove. And I think they've had that. The question is, is how long is that sustainable? Like players get tired, you know, carrying a team, teams start to game plan more heavily for It's easier to game plan for one guy. And I suspect that, that is, the nuggets are probably at that point where They've been, they've been able to manage this really bad string of injuries for a short period, but at some point it's going to start catching up to them. Probably already is.
0: Because you mentioned Jokic there, that brings me to something that the Nuggets actually have in that's similar to the Sixers, at least when Joel Embiid's playing. And that is that on-off differential, you know, when Jokic is on the court and when he's off. And I know the Sixers, For years, this has been one of the biggest issues. And look, the Sixers are seeing it right now because Joel Embiid is still in health and safety protocols. And, you know, the other night they're playing Andre Drummond in his position. And I mean, it is night and day, right? right? So that has been and will continue to be an issue for the Sixers. Do you think that is the biggest hurdle that this Nuggets team has to overcome?
1: Yes. But you know, I'm curious because you're right. It has been throughout Embiid's career. This has been a thing throughout Jokic's career. It's been a thing. I think back to LeBron when he was with Cleveland and I wonder if there's something to it when you have a great player that is at the center of everything you do. Well, I wonder if it's hard for a team to establish an identity without that player, because why would you establish that identity? It's like, Hey, we're going through Embiid every time we're doing this. Sure. So I wonder if this there's something to it. It's the same with the nuggets. Jokic is their identity, but when he's not on the court, it's hard to maybe figure out where the pieces fit. So um, it's definitely a concern. I mean, the on-off numbers this year have been absolutely ridiculous. I think, you know, when Jokic is on the court team, they're outscoring opponents by like 15 points or was dominant. But yet their record isn't that great because the, in this last Dallas game, I think Denver was up four points. Jokic rested three minutes in the fourth quarter. He came in, they were down nine or ten. So it, that's just kind of been the trend. I know it's the same for the 76ers. But I do wonder if that's going to always be a trend for the 76ers and always be a trend for the Denver Nuggets.
0: You bring up an interesting point there, because, you know, when I think about us talking about the best players in the NBA right now, and you look at all the lists that people put out there, whatever it is, right. And you got Jokic, who was the league's MVP last year. And yet Mm. to me, the conversation is still like, you know, Seth Curry, Giannis, KD, these are the best players in the NBA. It's It's not often that you hear Jokic's name up there as one of the best Mm. players in the NBA, um, even though he was the MVP last year. Uh. How do you guys see that in Denver? Is, Is that the same way that I see it? Or how do you guys feel?
1: Denver's a major market. This is what's funny. It's one of the biggest cities in America, you know, but it's thought of as like it's Omaha or something, you know, some little flyover thing. So I think a lot of this just has to do with, I mean, look, I'm in Denver. I'm going to play this card. There's a lot of coverage along the coast, along the Los Angeles, New York, and everything kind of surrounding it. And Denver just gets swept up in the Utah Salt Lake, it's Salt Lake City or this or that. So we're kind of used to it. In fact, I created a company, DNVR, that was basically predicated on this idea of like, hey, we'll cover our own city. You guys can just kind of leave us alone. So we, we bang that drum pretty loudly. But look, I think the fact of the matter is, it, it's funny, the Nuggets got swept last year in the second round, and that kind of became the story. They also defeated a prime, in his prime, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, despite being down their top three guards and playing a guy that they signed one week before the playoffs. I'd rather focus on that and think, yeah, how many teams could have pulled that off and how many players could have pulled off the series they had there? It's an extremely short list. Steph Curry's incredible. Kevin Durant's incredible. Giannis is incredible. I'm not one of the, Joel Embiid's incredible. I'm not one of these guys that gets into the idea of a greatest. I don't think it makes sense. I think they're all really good. And if you told me any of these guys is the best player, I would say, yeah, you have a strong case.
0: So the game tonight, Look, I'm just going to say it. It's going to be a tough test for Philly because, you know, Denver has what the third best defensive rating in right. the NBA. They've
1: Philly's been great got, on that end.
0: Philly's got nobody right now to match mm. up with Jokic. How Is Embiid
1: out? Has he ruled out? I haven't even seen this morning.
0: Technically in this current injury report, it's not report, He's not ruled out yet. Okay. Um, gotcha. But Doc Rivers the other night was saying that he still needs two negative tests. Mm. And he's still getting better. So okay. that says to me that it is very unlikely that he'd be playing on Thursday. I can imagine. That There's
1: also like the altitude factor because I think Philadelphia flies oh, to Utah sure. after this. So you come back from from that, which you know obviously affects your lungs and then you go to altitude. That would be a tough first game back.
0: Oh, definitely. And by the time this podcast comes out, it might he might be officially ruled out. I'm just telling you yeah. right now it is very unlikely that he would be playing. On Thursday. And like you said, the altitude thing, that's that's a big deal with COVID. I mean, you're right. seeing players yep. having trouble coming back in normal altitude. No,
1: no doubt about um, it.
0: So that's that's difficult. But back to the game. How do you see it playing out without Joel?
1: Denver, like like you mentioned, has been very good defensively. This one game on a travel second night back to back, you know, they they dropped and they actually led in the fourth quarter and then dropped it. That game aside, Denver's just looks so connected defensively and and they've played great. It hasn't just been poor shooting from opponents or this or that. The rotations have been incredible. Aaron Gordon, I think, is going to be sneaking into maybe not the defensive player of the year conversation, but he's been a guy that's under everybody's radar for how impactful he's done. And then you factor in Philly being so shorthanded. I think Denver should be able to put on a pretty good defensive performance tonight. And then Jokic look, he gave Rudy Gobert 47 points. You know, he gave him 25 and 15 minutes earlier this year. He gives everybody points. If Embiid was there, I think it would be a nice matchup. But if without him there, there's only two or three players in the NBA that give him any fit. So I expect him to be pretty dominant tonight.
0: And real quick, is there any hope that Jamal Murray comes back by the end of this regular season? Obviously, he's been Mm -hmm. out with the ACL injury since the end of the last regular season.
1: Well, yeah, so there is hope. And I think the expectation, if you were to set a date, that would be where you expect him March 1st is sort of give you know, obviously with these injuries, it's give or take six weeks, but I think March 1st would be the right after the all-star break would be, would, would be when you expect him. So hopefully that's the case. Denver gets some you know, get some mileage out of him. It also should be noted. Michael Porter jr has been out for over a week now, and he will probably continue to be out tonight. Will Barton's been out now for, I think three games. And I haven't heard an update on him. Nuggets have practice later today. Um, But I expect him to miss another game or at least be hobbled. So Denver is down three starters. Um, But again, they've been down three starters for a week and they've, they've still been able to pull it off.
0: Well, there you go. Denver down a lot of their perimeter shooting the Sixers. Let's just say there are not a lot of bodies, Not a lot of bodies. So it will be an interesting one on Thursday, Denver against the Sixers. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us and telling us about the Nuggets.
1: Thanks so much, Serena.
0: Well, coming up, have you ever wondered why you often hear the Wells Fargo Center referred to as just the center? I'll tell you about it coming up next. Well, before we get into some interesting news out of L.A., I read a nice profile piece by Gina Mazzella of the Philadelphia Inquirer on George Niang. Definitely check it out if you got a few minutes. I'm actually going to have Gina on the show on Monday morning before she hops on a flight from Portland to Sacramento as she's covering the Sixers on this entire road trip. So I am definitely looking forward to chatting with her. If you have any questions for her, please send them my way. I'll try to get them in. But I just love the story about how George Niang became a Sixer, how Doc Rivers called up Daryl Morey to say, we've got to get this guy before last season's All-Star break. And ultimately, they weren't able to get him before the trade deadline. But then Doc called him at the start of free agency, explaining how he saw him fitting into the Sixers. And at that point, Niang was sold, which leads me to my next question. I'm just curious here, are we still calling Niang the minivan or are we upgrading him to sprinter like Andre Drummond suggested? I mean, he did get the minivan nickname by saying he was the minivan to Donovan Mitchell's Ferrari. And since he's on the Sixers now, I'm just wondering if we're still okay with minivan. So you guys let me know. But until then, some, let's call it Twitter shaking news. Out of L.A., Staples Center is changing its name to Crypto.com Arena as of December 25th. That's right. As of Christmas Day this year, Staples Center will now be Crypto.com Arena, part of a 20-year agreement believed to be the largest venue naming rights deal in U.S. history to date. And guess how much this deal is worth? I'll give you a couple seconds here. Nope. Whatever you just said, more than that. $700 million for a 20-year naming rights deal. That's madness. It's huge. And by the way, Crypto.com is currently the jersey patch sponsor of the 76ers. Side note, little trivia for you. There's only one arena in the NBA that is not named after a corporate sponsor. Any guesses? is kind of an easy one. You probably got it. Madison Square Garden, the only arena. So talking about this kind of got me thinking about the 76ers arena, the Wells Fargo Center, which has had its name since 2010. And I know something that I wondered when I first came to the Sixers, um, and I wonder if you do, is do you ever wonder why you hear it referred to as just the center Like, not only on broadcast, but on Sixers press releases, things like that. Well, although Wells Fargo is the naming rights partner of the building, Wells Fargo actually is not a market partner of the team itself. And let's just say the Sixers were a bit, let's call it salty about that. Former Sixers CEO Scott O'Neill, who's no longer with the team, said years ago to Philly Mag that they would live to the letter of the contract from the building standpoint, but they were not going to endorse or support someone who's pulled their support from us. Hence, the center. I still call it Wells Fargo Center, but hey, whether you call it the center or Wells Fargo Center, the Sixers aren't going to be seeing it until November 27th. Yeah, this road trip is long. Long. Well, that's going to wrap up today's edition of Locked on Sixers. We are going to have such a great show for you tomorrow. Kyle Newbeck of the Philly Voice, who is just an incredible reporter. I respect him so much. He knows the Sixers organization inside and out. We're going to have some fun with him. He's going to be on the show. If you have any questions for Kyle, please feel free to shoot them my way. We will see you tomorrow. If you're looking for some betting analysis and insight, go check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.